Today, we officially completed the acquisition of Compliance from Thomson Reuters, which has now created the largest global provider of ethics and compliance learning solutions. So we are very excited. That was Ty Francis, the Chief Advisory Officer at LRN. He comes on for a special edition of the FCPA Compliance Report to announce the acquisition of compliance learning from Thomson Reuters by LRN. He talks about how the acquisition came into place and what it brings to LRN in terms of creating an entire global footprint in the training space. One of the key phrases Ty used for me was, this acquisition allows LRN to meet their clients' employees where they are. We'll explain more in the pod. I know you'll enjoy it. First, a quick message from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and we have a rarity of the FCPA Compliance Report breaking news. I'm thrilled to have with me back again Ty Francis, Chief Advisory Officer at LRN. Ty, you guys had some pretty big news today. Could we just jump right into it? Yeah, we have. It's I'm not sure how much of a secret this has been, but today we officially completed the acquisition of Compliance from Thomson Reuters, which has now created the largest global provider of ethics and compliance learning solutions. So we are very excited about that. It's, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been an on-off. Will we close today? Will we close next week? But it really has. It's allowed us to create what we like to call the biggest pure play ENC provider. And it's put us in a such unique position to, to help more organizations meet the challenges that they're facing today. And it's going to allow us to be stronger, faster, more agile and ready for the next stage in what continues to be what I think is a very strong and impressive international growth story. So Ty, one of the things that is great about the role I have is everybody talks to me. And so I've talked to the compliance learning folks over at Thomson Reuters a fair amount over the years. And I have a pretty good idea of what they bring, but I wanted you to tell us why LRN was so interested in this group, and then what that brings to supplement what LRN previously has, and then maybe where you see things down the road, if you could speculate a little bit. So it's been, I know this sounds a very kind of cheesy kind of line, but it's been very much a team effort between our CEO, Kevin Michelson, our Chief Strategy Officer, Eduardo Gomez, Leeds Equity Partners, and we've been looking to grow as organically as we can. And we think we've got a great value prop. We've been in the business for 28 years now after Dove Seidman founded the business. We've gone through a lot of iterations, what we've done. We acquired interactive services in 2020, and that brought in a lot of kind of great bespoke work to our business and really enhanced in our platform with a lot of great instructional designers. But in that, in the last two years, our M&A kind of experts have been looking out to find a company that really did align with what we were doing, how what we were looking for. And Thomson Reuters compliance learning business did bring a wealth of new skills and knowledge, especially in the financial services area. We're fairly strong at, but obviously my background has been financial services. I come from the New York Stock Exchange from all those years. And they have a really a strong, they had a strong foothold in financial services. 
The other thing was their global footprint. We have been traditionally a North American company with a lot of European business, but compliance learning really the APAC region to life. And so that was a big strategic look for us, especially with the innovation in places like Singapore and Japan with anti-bribery software. And with that and the financial services business, we really thought that, again, between Kevin Eduardo, Leeds Equity, that this would be the best kind of fit for us. And it's we felt that what Thomson Reuters Compliance Learning had done had been was a great fit for us. The, the values-based, tailored learning. And we're hoping that collectively now it'll, we can combine our powers, our superpowers, to really start delivering to our clients and their clients a lot more holistically and with a lot more culture at the centre. Because we, we, we like rules, we all like rules, but we feel that values are better. And it really does bring us up to about 2,500 clients globally. We are now on every continent apart from Antarctic. And maybe that's in Kevin Eduardo's steps. But it really will mean that we'll be able to meet our clients where they Because we feel like having a truly global business means that we need to be on the ground in all of those regions and all of those kind of areas. And now we can be. Now we'll have customer service relationship managers and salespeople and marketing experts and ENC experts everywhere in the world at every time zone. Again, just like compliance learning works with some of the largest organizations and we're hoping that we'll gain a lot of knowledge from them and we feel that some of what we've just launched with our new Catalyst platform, that we can give them a greater understanding of how to really make a holistic and robust compliance program. So let me pick up on a couple of points you raised about culture and holisticness and why I think right now, literally, December 2022, that's even more important. And it's because of the pronouncements from the Department of Justice starting in October 2021 with the Lisa Monaco speech leading up to the Monaco memo, where the DOJ made clear that they are going to assess corporate culture as a part of an overall assessment for a fine and penalty if there's an enforcement action. Yet, they want companies to have training That is, in addition to being holistic, actually not simply tactical, but designed for the geographic area where it's delivered, whether that means local language, whether that means local traditions and cultures. And so it seems to me you're now positioned, and when I say you are in, to deliver on both. A very holistic, worldwide, global approach, yet strategically tactical for individual countries outside of North America. Would that be a fair assessment? It is because we have the tools. We have our, what we call our Catalyst Reach, and which is a tool that in, would engage an employee, no matter who they are or where they are. And it does give that access to easy access to training courses. It has dashboards that tracks progress for learners. It helps against different types of smartphones and tablets, and different populations, but it meets the employee where they are. And if you combine that with our design feature in Catalyst, which helps compliance managers edit our Inspire Library courses, which is going to grow even more with the compliance learning. Add into that some of the technology we've got with what we call Reveal, which is our analytics and benchmarking solution, which will give all these compliance professionals real-time visibility into their program performance, which is another thing the DOJ have been talking about for a long time. They talked about it prior to the guidance in 2020, but again, have since said that having data analytics in your program and using it to better that program, it's the whole root cause analysis kind of module over and over again. With the periodic reviews of programs, this data analytics can really help people find where they are. On a lot of our courses now, we are adopting what's called a culture pulse, 
which is an eight-question-based in-program survey based upon our PEI report kind of questions, which is going to really give companies a heat map of where their culture is. And they can tie that back in to all the other data they're going to get from our reveal data analytics from our catalyst. Not just that. It's a, oh, hello. <laughs> See, even he's excited. So what we do have as well with our disclosure, our catalyst disclosures model, that tool again enable a compliance manager to streamline all their disclosure and certification processes. So add all that together. It's a very, very powerful tool. And now we can actually deliver that tool where these employees and where these organizations are, wherever they are in the world, whether it's Singapore or Tokyo or the Middle East, North Africa, Europe, South America and North America. The deal, what it does, it brings a lot of new clients to our kind of our portfolio, our family. It gives us a great presence in, in APAC, which we've wanted for a while. And but we really did think that because of compliance earnings deep involvement and their commitment to ENC like us, we're specialists in ENC. Compliance learning is a specialist kind of a training module for ENC as well. So together, as I said, we are pure play now. We're not adding on bells and whistles for other parts of an organization. We are pure in commitment. And we feel now we are the largest in the world. And now we've got with our LRN Catalyst platform, we feel we've got everything for everyone. So I really love your phrase, meets the employees where they are. But let me pick up on the data-driven compliance because I see that as a key theme as we move into the middle part of this decade, and I'm reluctant to say it, the middle part of this century. And having that capability on an area that has befuddled many compliance officers, such as culture, I think is going to be really powerful. Once again, tying back to the DOJ, extremely important as well. And you seem now to be on the cusp of having a set of capabilities really not seen and something that you can, as we now know, across the globe. I can quote Deputy Assistant Attorney Minor, and he'd remarked back at the, I can't remember the conference was called, but anyway, he said that I think it was the use of data analytics has allowed for greater efficiency in identifying investigation targets, which then in turn expedites case development. It saves resources and it makes the overall program of enforcement more targeted and effective. And we want to be able to deliver that kind of data analytics to our clients. And when I said we can meet them where they are, this is we can have its range of data, the compliance program manager can have a dashboard and can see exactly where his hotspots are. Is it the Middle East? Is it China? Is it the UK? Is it London? Is it New York? But what training are we delivering to these customers that are in-time training with things like test and some of the more gamification, attainment kind of training we've got? We really hope that we can combine all this together and give them a, a kind of smoother kind of transition into what they need to do because I think long are the days gone where people are measuring their training by completions or in progress because they're just inputs right so what we want is we want training to deliver business outcomes so the training is not to teach a compliance an employee to be a compliance officer it's about how to do their job more effectively and but in where they are in different reasons because one kind of template doesn't fit all and the data they will have now in time, every single second will give them a better idea of where their problem spots are. And it's tailored as well. We can then create more influential and forward-thinking curriculums by using more tailored training content. 
as I said, adaptive learning, test out. And the data analytics will really allow those admins to measure the impact of that training in each specific region. So you're not going to have one big rollout of a code of conduct training that you know everyone has to do. And even if they're not in the farm industry, they still have to do it. So that's what we're trying to tailor now. And honestly, the connection we had with compliance learning and the courses they were already rolling out, and 95% of those clients, I believe, already use a platform. So just to transition onto ours, we'll see them excel in how they deliver compliance training. But it also means they can curate their own programs where they are. And we hope this is going to be pretty dynamic for everyone. I've rarely heard the phrases compliance training and business outcomes in the same sentence. So I have to pick up on that because that is exactly what everyone in a corporation outside of a compliance function wants. They want to improve business outcomes. They want to have obviously more ROI, but it's through greater business efficiency. And what I heard you say was that by aggregating the data, compliance can understand not only where risks might be that need to be remediated, but also opportunities might exist to improve efficiencies and business outcomes. So if we can jointly get the message that, hey, guys, this is not just going to improve your compliance, it's going to improve your entire business outcome, that's a message I think that will resonate up and down the corporate ladder. And it will put a stop to compliance officers having to deliver the same old information to their board of directors or the CEO to say, yes, 99% of our employees completed the training. Because it really doesn't mean anything. It just means they've completed the training. It's like saying 99% of our employees had breakfast this morning. Now, whether that breakfast was oatmeal or whiskey will create an entirely different frame of mind for the rest of their workday and how they perform their duties. So what we can ensure through Reveal is that compliance and control personnel have sufficient and what I would say direct access to all relevant sources of data, which allows again for timely and effective monitoring and or testing of policies and controls. And by having that kind of continuous access to data across divisions, functions, and regions, it really is the antithesis of the snapshot in time that the DOJ are trying to walk companies away from. And that really is a true example of what they are looking for in a periodic review. And it's not just applicable to training data. This could show that all data you can provide across the platform, including the disclosure data, as I said, with Catalyst disclosures, which could include conflicts of interest or gift and entertainment data. So, What we're really looking across all of these kind of regions is we're enabling companies to review their compliance programs based on the data gathered, which surely is going to help prevent future misconduct. And I would wager that most prosecutors would see this as a monumental effort to reveal, pun intended, the true design of that compliance program, the functionality of the program, and highlight the data analytics resources used to power it and prove their works in practice. So I think we covered the three hallmarks of what the DOJ are looking for in evaluating a compliance program. So, Ty, unfortunately, we're near the end of this episode, but if our listeners wanted more information on LRN, where would be the best place for them? They go to LRN.com right now. The banners we have up there will show what we're doing. It'll show the, all the details about the merger with compliance learning, what that looks like. We've got a whole team on staff to, to answer any questions they need. If you are looking for specific information, we have demos for our new Catalyst platform as well uh, that uh, anyone can look at any time and uh, we'll get someone to talk to them as soon as they can. But LRN.com, we're LRN at Twitter, Facebook slash LRN, and LinkedIn in slash LRN. 
So I don't think I've ever said this on a podcast, but you will definitely be back to talk about this <laughs> in greater depth in 2023. But I wanted to thank you for jumping on this pod today so that we can get this information out to the compliance community. Thanks again. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, where we reported on the LRN acquisition of compliance learning from Thomson Reuters. You can go to the firm's website that we've linked to in the show notes to find out more and how this acquisition or really position LRN going forward. I hope you'll join me in our next episode where we begin a special two-part series with the principles of the Texas Hill Country Advisors on the FTX scandal, where we look at it from a banking risk management perspective and from an investor due diligence perspective. I know you'll enjoy the next two episodes of the FCPA Compliance Report. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.